Hey, good morning, everyone. This is The Pillaged Pastor for another episode of The Pillaged Pastor. It is Friday morning in the Spokane area here. And um, hey, looks like it's getting a little warmer. I only mention that every single time because I'm begging for the sun to come out. I'm begging for spring. And I do hear little birdies chirping away. And so got my cup of coffee here, my Dunkin' D donut cafe and i hope you have yours as well because we're going to go on a little journey this morning in regards to and the question we're asking is hey do you need to get rid of some people in your life do you need to get some people or a person out of your life you're going to receive some encouragement today to do just that to just cut them off cut them off people so uh, that's what's coming that's what's next you may have heard it said that bad company corrupts good character and that is correct so if uh, your bad company quit corrupting people (laughs) exactly that i mean in the same way you can't just think of saying like i'm gonna get bad people out of my life what if i am a bad person i need to keep in check right i can't be pulling a speck out of somebody else's eye if i got a plank in my own eye and i think you've heard it said you've heard me say it you know that you can't be all judgy You can't go and be all judgy toward people, but there is a level of judgment that needs to be practiced in order to have boundaries in your life. Play it more safe in your life. Number one, I think that's where we need to go. We need to look at ourselves. Are we bad company? Are we bad company for someone else? How are we corrupting another How are we corrupting another? So look at yourself first, because that's always where you go. You don't sit there and always be thinking of everyone else and who you need to cut out of your life. Because I know right away, whenever we ask that question, you already thought of someone. So you're just like automatically, I mean, whether that was just you and your brain, your heart bringing a person to mind, or perhaps it was God bringing that person to mind saying that guy, that girl has got to go, that puppy, that kitty peeing all over my carpet. It's got to go. Hey, why limit it to just humans? (laughs) Anywho, um, I don't know why I just went there. Look at yourself. That's always where it starts. If, If not, that's all we do. We just play a blame game, but we need to keep ourselves in check first. And so are we the ones who are corrupting someone else and keeping that person from their very best. I've thought about that in the last, I don't know, six years in my dating life. And, uh, you know, in this whole dating game that I never was a part of before. I mean, with the same woman for 21 years, married to her for 19 years. And then all of a sudden you're released, you're freed like a little birdie and you're out there. And you're discovering what it's like to be kind of floating out there on your own and to all of a sudden have to develop all new boundaries or to keep to the standards that you already hold. And you're out there and you're like, man, I don't want to be corrupted and I don't want to be corrupting nobody. And uh, so we take that into consideration, our behavior with other people. And especially if you are a believer, 
if you're a believer, because what did Jesus say? He's like, man, don't cause one of my kids to sin. Don't cause one of my kids to go down the wrong road. It would be better for you just to might as well just strap a big old, you know, tie a big old boulder, you know, a rope around a boulder around your neck, throw you in the deepest part of the sea, let you drown deep below. Better for that to be your lot than for you to go about causing people to sin. So basically, Jesus is pretty much saying, hey, (laughs) it's better for you to be killed than for you to go out and harm one of my kids, to lead one of my kids to sin. That's pretty severe. And uh, we can expect that Jesus would say something like that, that cuddly Jesus that most people think in in, in so many ways. I mean, Jesus is amazing. In another way, well, he's amazing because he never told a lie. He always told the way it should be, the way things should be, should go down. All right. And he pretty much said, you're in a very bad place and you can expect very bad things for your life if you cause another of my children to to sin, to go down the wrong road and risk being judged for eternity because of the things they did only because you influenced them to do those things. So is that you? Are you going out and just pulling people along with you on your destructive path? Are you getting them caught up in sins that you struggle with? I mean, is that you? I remember, I don't know, five years ago now, it could have been six years ago now, went off to Colorado Springs to hang out with a good friend of mine, and uh, he recently divorced me divorced and we got there, we're both just miserable humans. And we're like, you know what? We're going to work hard and we're going to play hard. We're going to work hard and we're going to play hard. And yet we're both believers, you know? And yeah, we got ourselves into some trouble. We really did. I mean, because we're just thinking, it's like, what do you do? What do you do now that you're like single? What do you do when you're hurt and single? What do you do when you're numb and devastated and traumatized and single? You want comfort. What do you do whenever there's always been a woman beside you and she ain't there anymore? What do you do? But you're not ready to trust another person. You oftentimes go out and get yourself in a lot of trouble, right? And it was difficult because in the same way, we we both love Jesus. And yet we're in this damaged place. I mean, shoot, we're out there. He wasn't holding me accountable. I wasn't holding him accountable, but you know, when things turned around for us that summer, so I did go out there, worked hard that summer, played hard, but when things started turning around for us and our, you know, (laughs) our activities took a turn for the better was when, uh, when, uh, we started getting up early in the morning and doing that simple practice that we had always done. And that was just simply wake up, read a passage of scripture, and just pull out one thing from it. Just pull out one truth from God's word to apply in that day, to take into that day to say a simple prayer, you know, a piece just right there with one another, and then go into the day. Next thing you know, man, there's more peace throughout the day. 
it's almost like we went to, you know, our, our, uh, rock climbing on limestone versus on jagged rocks, you know, throughout a day. It's like just life was smoother. Things came together, together better. The view was clearer. We could see further. It wasn't, we weren't so anxious and we weren't getting ourselves in trouble. I mean, a matter of fact, I mean, he met, met the woman that, I mean, during that time, he met uh, another woman he's still with today. She's amazing. They love the Lord um, and are doing doing great. Um, and uh, just kind of co- cool how God just works things out when you acknowledge him in the toughest of times. In the toughest of times. And in the toughest of times when you're angry, of course, God's word tells us not to sin. Don't sin in your anger. If you're all pissy because you've gone through something recently, don't set out to sin. I know that so many people do. I did as well. It's just you give up. You're angry. You're disappointed. You don't know which direction to go, which way to turn. And in that anger, in that devastation, in that confusion, you go out and you just are open to whatever. No boundaries whatsoever. And you're a believer. And if you don't have any boundaries for your life, you know, I mean, you're not, it's not just about you. And back then I didn't really care. I really did not care. I was a believer. I could never deny Christ, but I was devastated. I was confused. I was living in sin. And um, still, how can you live in sin and still love Jesus? Trust you, me, people. You can. You know this, I'm sure, as as well as I do. You can. And uh, out there, though, in my rebellion, in my anger, sinning and bringing other people down with me because of my lack of boundaries because my eyes aren't on Jesus they're on my circumstances and the devastation that was surrounding me at the time and it can still be that way today so let's take a quick break and come back to this topic you know in 2 Corinthians 6:14 it says don't be yoked together with unbelievers don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do you what do righteous and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? You know, I venture to say and have been saying the first part of this episode that hey, a believer can be the one bringing the darkness. Someone who loves Jesus can be one who's caught up in sin and leading other believers to sin who they know feel guilty about that sin. And yet you continue to do that and lead that person into that sin, knowing full well that they don't want to do it. But when they're with you, you know, they just kind of, they lose their discipline, if you will. You know, they're willing to to go off and man, I don't want to get drunk. I don't want to go out and party tonight. Okay, let's keep it light. I don't want to go out and party tonight, right? I just, you know, I, I, I hate whenever I, I getting all, you know, getting all uh, tipsy, that's just not me, right? But if another believer is like, dude, it's not. I mean, we just, of course, this isn't our lifestyle. We're just going to go out and have a good time, right? And the other person, though, feels some conviction about it. They're just like, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do this. And you're like, come on, let's go. And so two believers go out hanging out at a pub. And I don't think anything's wrong with hanging out at a pub. It's all the stuff surrounding that or what an environment, any environment could lend itself to. Okay. You can go out to a park and get into just as much trouble as you will a pub. 
Are the chances, are there less chance of that? Yeah, there are. But still, you get where I'm going with this. So we're not, we're not uh, condemning a pub. We're condemning this idea of a disregard for another believer's convictions. And you guys are going out together and uh, you're just buying that person one drink after another because you don't want to get drunk alone. You both love Jesus, but one person's like looking to get wasted in which we know that, hey, that's just not the best way to go. The Bible says, you know, don't get drunk on wine, but be drunk in the spirit, right? So basically, hey, have some discipline at the same time. You can make a case. What was Jesus' first ministry? Excuse me, first miracle at a wedding? Turning water to the best wine. The best wine that should have been served first because it was the best. Before people got all tipsy-turvy, you serve the best wine. And then when they're all drunk, you give them the watered-down wine. That's the way it is. So Jesus actually turned water to wine as his first miracle. And so we're not going down that road. But the idea is, is this. Are you leading, are you as a believer, a bad influence on someone else? Then you need to need to um, have some conviction about that. That's all I have to say. I need to have some conviction about that whenever I you know, tend to do that. Now, as far as cutting people out of your life, let's turn the table. Let's go in a different direction. Who is leading you down the wrong path? Who is causing you to, uh, to disregard your convictions? Who is that individual in your life? And why are you still with that person? It makes no sense. Well, I care about them. I love them. I have fun with them. I don't have any other friends. I don't want to cut them out of my life. And yet they drain you. They drain you. They, they maybe steal your joy. They steal your peace. And you're still hanging out with that person. And they are a bad influence, a draining influence. They don't uplift. They don't give. They just take. So why are you taking it? Why are you still with that person? Is it is it almost like, are you a glutton for punishment? Is that what you are? You're just a glutton for punishment? You just think you deserve to be keep, keep getting beat up and taken advantage of instead of just cutting these individuals out of your life? Now, here's a disclaimer, because I know people that basically have great friendships, great people in their life that are a positive influence. And you, you think that because they won't support your dirty lifestyle and your life choices that are unhealthy, you know, you're like, oh, well, if they're not going to support me, if they're not going to support me or accept me just as I am, then they're being judgy and I don't need them in my life. Don't be that person. Don't be the person that cuts people out of your life that are a positive, healthy influence in your life. And someone else has convinced you that they're not because they won't stand behind your bad behavior because they won't condone your bad behaviors, behaviors that you're, you've taken on. So you're part of a good, healthy group. Let's say that you're, you know, again, in the context of believers, people who are Christian, hanging out with other Christians. You guys aren't perfect, but you're trying to be on the same path toward your values, the things that you hold near and dear to your heart. Next thing you know, you're like, you know what? 
I want to, uh, you know, I want to be a part of this other activity and it could be one among many things that is totally foreign to what you've ever stood for before. And you just expect to be accepted in that and to maintain those healthy relationships and people are holding you accountable. Shoot, man, I've been there. I have been there whenever I got divorced, whenever I sought a divorce with my wife and wanted to go off and do my own things and was having my breakdown, right? And wanted to just like be free and believed a bunch of lies and tried to break free. And people came to me and said, Ryan, what's going on? What's going on, man? You're going in a completely different direction. We don't even know who you are anymore. We don't even know who you are anymore. I didn't expect them to support me in that. I knew that if I went down this other road, that I was going to lose friendships. I was going to lose their support. I might not lose their love. I didn't lose their love. I lost their support while in that behavior. And there's nothing wrong with that, people. That's like, that's across the board, a cultural thing, a human thing. You can't be in one relationship with individuals and then all of a sudden change gears and expect them to accept a new lifestyle. Hopefully you can expect them to love and forgive you, but not necessarily want to hang out with you because you've, you're the one who's basically, you know, broke, broke the agreement, if you will, right. Defaulted, right. Or, uh, yeah, you can't, you breach the agreement. Like it's, I don't think it's fair, you know, that you would expect anything. I didn't. And so I'm not standing here in a condemning or saying anything in a condemning way because I know exactly what that's like. I know exactly what that's like, you know, to know that, Hey guys, I know I'm going the opposite way. I don't expect you to be here for me. I don't expect you to join me. I don't expect you to agree with me. I'm not going to hate you because of that. I'm going to go do my thing. And I know I'm the one who's backing away from all this. And I did. I walked away from, even though I didn't walk away from my belief in Jesus, I walked away from the life of faith for sure. Jumped into all kinds of stuff, right? Jumped into all kinds of stuff. I led all kinds of young ladies to sin, right? And so, um, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but uh, that's uh, what I did. And uh, some young ladies led me to sin even, you know, more. So, you know, it's, uh, and they were Christian. You know, one of the, one of the things I'll say about this too. So I was guilty. These other believing women were guilty, but I was so far gone. I had, you know, a lot of them are now, I mean, some of them, some of them are now still good friends of mine. But um, they cut, had to cut girls that I dated. They cut me out of their life so they could get better. I cut them out of my life or others out of my life so I could get better. You know, because we both knew that's not our true identity. We want health. We want good things for our life. And so even those who rebel and go down the wrong road can ultimately say, you know what? I'm not getting any better. I'm getting worse. I need to back away from these relationships and they need to back away from me so they can get healthy. I was so far gone that I had young ladies I was out partying with the next day taking me to church because I was so out of balance. I mean, they were still wanting to serve the Lord and go to go to church. And apparently I was the bad influence where all along I was looking at them as the bad influence. Dang. Jeez, didn't know this life existed out here. And then get all caught up in it. And they're looking at me saying, you need help. Shoot, don't we all? Don't we all, people? But the idea is, is this, is even believers can get each other 
in trouble, and even believers have to cut each other out of their lives. A believer can be living in darkness. So whenever you look at a verse like this, don't be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? I would argue that believers can be wicked and believers can be living in darkness. And I will also argue that unbelievers can be living more righteously than a believer. An unbeliever can be living more as if they are children of the light than a believer. And so, hey, wrap your head around that. But back to the topic, you have my permission. A matter of fact, I'm telling you, cut people out of your life. Cut people out of your life that you it, that it's going nowhere. If it's going nowhere, cut it. Cut them out of your life. If they're bringing you down, cut them out of their of your life. If you have no peace, cut them out of your life. You are better off. You are better off cutting them out of your life. That way, you're not going to be condemned for causing them to sin, and they're not going to be condemned for causing you to sin or being involved in that same sin in your life. I mean, that's the number one thing, man. If they're leading you to do unhealthy things that are just fun for a season, just cut it out of your life and get going on the things that matter, right? Cut them out of your life. Get going on things that matter. If your right hand, Matthew chapter 530 says, if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. (laughs) There's Jesus again, just going at it throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell jesus talked more about hell than anybody he's always bringing it up because he didn't want you to go there right so that he was always bringing it up so that you wouldn't go down right to hell <laughs> and so yeah we've got to consider that our behaviors or their behaviors could lead you to go down a path that God never has intended for you to go. Take that to the bank. Think on it. Let it stew, right? Who needs to get away from you? Who needs to go? Who needs to be let go out of your life? Who do you need space from in order that you can progress? Do it now. You know, go there. You have my permission. You have the Lord's permission. It's pretty much telling you. It's like, this isn't good. You got to move on. This is the pillage pastor. Grace come down for such a sinner as I and for such a sinner as you.